Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Micah. This is Sarah. We're the lead pastors at the Vine Church, and we are so excited to be together this morning. We are, and today we are concluding our study in in the book of Ephesians. We've been looking at this letter that Paul wrote in depth for the last few months now, and so we are coming to a close. Today's going to look a little bit different. Normally, we take a, a part of the letter and we dive really deeply into that section. Today, we're going to kind of do an overview of the letter, looking at the flow of the letter again, just to remind us what were the big things that Paul's writing about. Um, and so we're going to read different parts of the letter that kind of highlight the major themes. Yeah. Now, Sarah refers to a letter because this is written by Paul to the churches mm-hmm. in the region of Ephesus. And so one of the things I want to do before we read the excerpts out of this out of this letter is I want to kind of place ourselves in that time and that place. So let's uh, kind of do an imagination exercise like right it. now yes. as, as we try to explore, you know, over the course of the series, we went in depth on the culture and the things happening around. Mm-hmm. So for today, as we do this overview, I want to kind of just zoom out and say, what might it have been like to be there and experience mm-hmm. this? And so let's just imagine for a moment that um, uh, we live in Ephesus and um, that you live in Ephesus and maybe you... Uh, have a shop in the market. Now, Ephesus is the hub of trade in the world in this time period, 2,000 years ago. And um, and the, the road that leads into Ephesus is lined with hundreds, maybe thousands of vendors mm-hmm. selling things. So let's Let's imagine for a moment we're one of those selling cloth and business is good because people travel from everywhere. We have the finest goods, but of course, we're competing with the many, many other vendors there in that market. At any rate, we close up our shop for the day and we head to church. Now, of course, church is a gathering of believers in Jesus, meeting in a home, sharing a meal and discussing what Jesus has done, sharing life together. So we leave our shop, we close up, and we head to the church, and we walk into the courtyard of the house of one of these church members, and there's warm greetings around. Well, maybe not 100% warm greetings because there's tensions. You see, this is an incredibly diverse group of people gathered here in this courtyard, and yet a people called to love and unity in this diversity. Um, So we have a little bit of conversation, share a meal, And then the uh, excitement builds as uh, Paul has sent a letter to our churches. He sent a letter to us for us to learn more. And so uh, someone stands up and begins to read this letter that Paul has written for us. So here we go. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful In Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Now, 
You were dead in your transgressions and sin, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you've been saved. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh, the law with its commands and regulations. He, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So here's just some of the bits and pieces from the first half of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So we encourage you, as we have been throughout this series, to listen to the whole letter in its entirety. But here we just we just chose a few verses and it highlights how Paul's writing about what God has accomplished in Christ through Jesus. Creator God has lavished on us grace and love. You know, God is love. God exists in community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God created humanity in his own image. And he invited humanity to live in relationship with him. And people over and over, me included, have chosen to go our own way. And sin and evil and pain and brokenness exists because of that. But God, whose very nature is love, took it upon himself to restore his good creation, to bring about reconciliation and restoration. And so we see here in the first half of Ephesians what God has accomplished in Christ. He says, I've lavished my love on you. I've lavished my grace upon you through Jesus. You've been redeemed. You've been forgiven. You've been made new and brought back to life. Now, as we've talked about in this series, uh, love would sound different to us sitting in that yes. courtyard listening to Paul speak of that. Whereas we might think of an emotion, love in Greek, they were, they were speaking of an intentional and an active posture of concern for the well-being of other people. It's an active thing. Not agape a love. Agape love, yes. right. And so it speaks here of God who loves uh, with action. And it speaks of Jesus and his sacrifice and that all that has been accomplished because of God's active agape love in our lives. And that's really highlighted in Jesus. And so uh, Jesus um, is our peace. Paul writes that Jesus has brought us together. He's destroyed the barriers, the walls of hostility. And there were and are plenty of those barriers um, in that place and time having to do with ethnicity and class and prejudice and social structures. Paul says, Jesus has destroyed the barriers and brought you together as a united people. 
But in Jesus, the force that draws us together is much greater than all the many forces that try to pull us apart. Yeah, this peace has brought about unity in mm -hmm. this diverse group of people that's now gathering in Jesus' name. And uh, I, I mean, previously, Jewish law had segregated Jews from the Gentile world. Uh, but there's so many other things that in this moment could be dividing the people listening to Paul read this letter. For instance, uh, Ephesus was Greek ruled until about 200 years before this letter was written. Some 200 years ago, it was taken over by Rome. And you can imagine a place that has been fraught with war for hundreds of years, that there are still these Greek people who once ruled this city and this region. Uh, you can imagine the animosity and um, the uh, fear and distrust that could exist in this place. And yet Paul is writing to these people saying, Jesus, who is your peace, has united you. Mm. And so, you know, I wonder what you think of when you hear these words, these themes in this first part of the letter of love and grace and peace and unity. I mean, when I hear these things, I'm like, I'm ready for those here and now. Like, yes, like we need those same things right now. You know, he speaks in here to this idea of peace and unity that has brought about a new humanity. Mm -hmm. And he speaks of you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Yeah. But he speaks of you, plural, are a new humanity living into this kingdom God in the context of your culture, time and place here in Ephesus. But you are a new humanity bring, mm -hmm. bringing new opportunity, new hope into this place. You know, I think sometimes for us, it's, it's hard to grasp some of these concepts. And then it, in addition to that, it's hard to imagine that taking place. And so I, we want to take just a moment to pause and we want to invite you wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, if you're listening in the car, if you're listening at home, wherever you're at, we want to invite you just to pause and pray with us over these things. Um, Paul wrote prayers throughout this letter to the Ephesians. And we just want to take Paul's words and pray those for us here and now. And we invite you to pray for yourself, to pray for, for church, our church as a whole, the global church as a whole, pray for each other. And so let me just take a moment, take a deep breath, try to still yourself Posture yourself in a way that you can pray, whatever that looks like for you, and listen and pray with me. May God give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is a love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. And so this morning in church, we're going to be uh, taking communion together and having been reminded by Paul of God's love that has brought about this unity and new humanity uh, amongst his believers, um, we're going to take communion. And that's a time when together we proclaim Jesus' death, mm. his resurrection, his ascension, that Jesus is who he said he was, the Son of God. We remember his body that was broken and his blood that was spilt. And I hope that we get to take communion with you one of these days as well. But as we move on now in the letter, Paul begins to make a transition mm-hmm. from the what God has accomplished in this world and in our lives and in the church. And now he's going to make a transition to say, So here's what it means to you. This is how you live into what God has accomplished. Starting in chapter four, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people, you, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And Paul closes his letter. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. There's so much in there, so much in there, such good, good, practical stuff. Paul, one of my favorite lines in here, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. He's just said, God has done all this to unite you. And and though you are diverse, and though sometimes it's challenging, God has united you in Jesus. And then he says, make every effort to keep this unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. That though it's hard, it's possible because of the spirit. It's possible because of what Jesus has done and, and because Jesus is our peace, that bond of peace. And I think that's a message we need to hear right now. Yeah, so strive towards Mm -hmm. unity. Mm -hmm. Strive to maintain unity. And then secondly in here, he says, put on the new self. 
So what he's doing is paralleling the points. God has accomplished these things. Yeah. And now he's saying, so live into those things, yes. those same, very, those very same things. So he speaks of love mm-hmm. and unity and putting on this new self. You have been made new. So he says, live like it. You have been given a fresh start, new opportunity. And if today you need that fresh start, uh, the words of Paul apply to us. Mm -hmm. God is making us new and we are invited to live into that new life. And as we live into that life, Paul directs us to where our eyes should be. He says, so follow God's example. Follow Mm -hmm. God's example and walk in the way of love. The way of Jesus is this agape love that you were talking about, this self-giving love, this love that always looks for the out for the well-being of others. And Paul is saying that you are dearly loved children. And so walk in the way of love as you have been loved. Now love others. So as we read and, and try to understand scripture, we play a number of roles or we take a, put on a number of hats. You know, we tried to place ourselves in first century um, uh, Ephesus, listening to this letter that Paul has written to our little gathering yeah. in a home of people. And yet we also listen through ears of us here today, the church 2,000 years later that has continued, that has grown, that has spread throughout the world, uh, and yet looks very different than the church did there in Ephesus that he wrote to, and also faces some different challenges than he did there. We listen uh, to hear, Paul, what do you have to say for us, plural, we who are the church here today? And so he has several main things that that he puts in this letter three specific things that Jesus has reconciled creation and humanity to himself and to God that that in Jesus God is restoring and reconciling and healing his good creation yeah. Also, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so God has reconciled creation and humanity to himself, and Jesus has paved the way for unity amongst humanity. That is, so mm-hmm. now we are reconciled to God, but also to each other. We are invited to live in harmony and unity together. And he has called us his dearly beloved children. He has redeemed us, and now we are to live in that new ID identity to live as his children to live out his love and so the invitation in here for us is is just beautiful first of all the, we're invited to receive this love to receive this grace that God so desperately wants to lavish on us and has lavished on us. And so if, if you don't, if you never had a relationship with God, this may sound really mm-hmm. kind of foreign, like kind of strange. What, what do you mean? God lavishing his love and grace and, on us. And those of us that have walked with Jesus for years, we're still coming to know more fully. Yes. That's Paul's prayer for us, that you would come to know more fully the love of God. Right. Right. So we want to invite you to, to know this love and grace that the creator of the universe does indeed know you and mm. loves you and, and wants to shower 
you with his love and grace. And, and he invites us to experience this. And through his love and grace, we experience healing and we experience transformation. And if you know Christ, if you've been walking with Christ, the invitation is still very similar. It's like, know me better, deeper, mm -hmm. know this love and experience my love and grace for you more and more. And so our invitation is to open ourselves up to God. And having received the love of God, we are invited then to reciprocate that. Now, there's two primary ways that's discussed in Scripture and two ways that's going to play out in our lives. There is the love that is to exist within the community of believers. And uh, that's easiest to think of in terms of our congregations, our individual churches. We ought to be broadening our horizon and vision to love the church in all of its diversity in our communities yes. and throughout the world. But he says love in his last words in this text. Uh, he says, um, with an undying love, grace to all of those who love our Lord Jesus with an undying love. And that's such an ironic and beautiful term to speak of mm -hmm. our relationship yes. with Jesus and who did die on a cross and yet death would not hold him down. He would rise from the dead. And so he's saying, you have received this love. Now reciprocate both to God and to each other, this undying love. And we're also invited to, to again, live into this undying love um, when we engage the people around us, our communities at large, the world, people outside of that community of believers as well. How we posture ourselves should reflect God's love, how we speak and how we, how we interact with each other, how we relate with each other. We have the opportunity to reflect God's love. And that is a beautiful thing. It's not always easy. It's not an it's easy thing not, no. to do at all. And yet our ability to love in spite of anything else uh, is a witness to this world as to who God is and what he is doing. And so this is the words of Paul to the church in Ephesus. And this is the word of God that we as the church live into. It's a story of a God who loves and lavishly, a God who offers grace freely, and a God then that calls us to walk in the way of Jesus, to live as he lived in love, in unity, demonstrating grace and demonstrating the hope, the good news, the gospel that's found in Jesus invite you to pray with me. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Jesus, that you bring peace. Spirit, we thank you for the ways in which you, um, you change us, transform us. Lord, we thank you for this love and grace that you have just lavished on us. And we ask for Ourselves here, we ask for, for our churches in this community and our churches at large, Lord, that you would teach us what it looks like to walk in your way, in your way of love, Lord, that the church would be a reflection of this lavish love and grace that, that comes from you. God, we thank you. We thank you so much and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us here today. We can't wait to see you again, and we pray that you have a blessed week. Bye.